Welcome to the Co-Hanger on 2SER AFLW Season 7. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands where many of our listeners are residing on, the Gadigal country of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to all elders tuning in or who may be amongst us, and we acknowledge the aspirations of all First Nations people. I'm Coach Kiwi, and I'm joining the show from Gurungai country, and I'm joined by... Fiona Lamb, I'm back. Game on, moles. And I'm coming from Garingai country too. The Codinger is a radio show and podcast where we tackle all things AFRW with a Sydney view. And if you are a regular listener and thought tonight's intro was different, then you are in for a treat this season. If 18 teams isn't enough to get you out of your seat, Fee Lamb is back as the host, and we have two SR league of our own, Lauren Hodson, joining us for the season. Welcome to the show, Loz. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'd also like to pay my respects to the traditional owners and elders of the lands I'm pod- podcasting on from tonight, and that's the Darawal country. Woohoo! So, Loz, tell us a little bit about yourself. So we'll get the uh, the tough things out of the way. I am a diehard Collingwood fan. That's it's it. Okay. Uh, cut the yeah, contract. Sorry, I think we've had one of them before. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It took us ages to get rid of that one. I've got all <laughs> of my own teeth and I can read. So uh, I'm okay there. Not uh, diehard enough. No, not diehard <laughs> enough. I do have a Collingwood tattoo, so I'm, I'm halfway there. Oh, Look, I'm, I'm an AFL Nuffy, I'm a Collingwood fan. Uh, I played for quite a few years with Southern Power in AFL Sydney. Um, love the game. Uh, yeah, really pleased now that we've got uh, 18 teams in the AFLW comp and looking forward to being part of the best uh, AFLW podcast in Sydney. Indeed. We could let her off for saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so in tonight's show... We are going to talk about what we are looking forward to in Season 7. We're going to ponder and predict who will reach the grand final. Loz is going to give us a bit of a review of the um, Swans practice match uh, because she she made it down to that one. I wonder why. <laughs> Was it the black and white I team? They were playing the black yeah, and white yeah, team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Funny that. Uh, we'll have a bit of a... BNF prediction, best and fairest, and we're going to make some other predictions about um, standout moments in season seven. Going to put, put we're going to uh, predict a lot. Crystal, crystal ball is going to have a bit of a workout, and then we'll um, preview the Swans and Saints game, uh, which is on Saturday. And the tipping comp is back. Oh, I forgot about the tipping comp. The tipping comp is back. But we can tell you who won't be forgetting is Natty P, MG, and Tiffany C. They have been our most, what do we call them? Polished, polished tipsters for the last few seasons. Mm. And they are all back. They all back um, different teams and um, somehow managed to finish near the top of our tipping comp every season. So it'll be interesting with nine rounds or nine games each week. Um, to see who comes out on top. But, yes, get on board. The links are on Facebook, links on Twitter, um, free to join. And we're going to even have prizes this year, Woo! like re- legit oh, prizes. Not just the glory. 
not just the glory. There's going to be more. Okay, great. Thanks for that reminder, Coach Kiwi. So let's get kick this off with what we're most looking forward to. Luz. Most looking forward to. I'm most looking forward to, let's just get it out of the way early, right? Uh, a Collingwood Premiership. But if I'm honest, don't really know if that will happen, but that's what I'm most looking forward to or most hoping for. Ooh. Kiwi. I'm just excited to see the swans running out. First, was it first things happen once? First, first happened once. Yeah. So they'll have their first home game, their first away game, their first home game at the other field. Because the first week it's at the North Sydney Oval, their other first home game is at the SCG. Then they get their first home game at Henson Park. It's a lot of home games. First happens once. <laughs> or three times maybe. Not sure. Oh, they also get a home game at Punt Road, Punt Road Oval against uh, Hawthorne. Yeah, well, I don't get that at all. But yeah. anyway. So is that, is that four firsts? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. far. First happened four times. They've got a first four. captain to be named next week. They've got <laughs> first happened once. Yep. Great. Oh. So, oh, look, I'm excited about the Swans too. Um, so you kind of stole my thunder, Kiwi, but um, go first. <laughs> you should have gone first. <laughs> first only happened second. Um, so I suppose I need to pick something else that I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing um, Aaron Phillips um, wearing, oh, the, wearing the port uh, Guernsey, given she put it on, you know, before the, before the AFLW started and then had to rip it <laughs> off again because... Um, she was a crow. <laughs> she was a crow, exactly. You know your history there, Fee. You know it well. <laughs> bit controversial. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a female coach hold the Premiership Cup again. Oh. Ooh, I don't know if it'll happen. But anyway, ever hope for it. Yeah. So hang on. Who are you predicting then? No. We're not up to that question. Okay, right, sorry. Let's check the practice match. Go, Loz, you're out at the Swans Collingwood one. What happened? I was. I was out at Blacktown. And and it was, look, Collingwood had the win. Uh, It was 8.856 to 4.226. But at halftime, it was really even. And the first half, the Swans were all over it. They were very strong at the contest. It was really tight. Their pressure was good. Uh, We were saying to Scotty Gowans when we spoke with him, that they moved the ball into the corridor well. But in the second half, I guess that experience and probably a bit of the, the physicality as well from Collingwood uh, took over. But, you know, for Swans fans, a lot to look forward to. Um, players that really impressed me, obviously Montana Ham, no secret there. Their ruck, Ali Morfitt, really strong. Um, so, yeah, I think that they're probably the, the two most impressive for me. But, yeah, lots of positives. But just great to be um, seeing, you know, women's footy again and um in sunshine as well and in perfect conditions it was yeah which is pretty rare for any game in sydney isn't it um and then the giants this season. <laughs> yes and the giants had their practice um game down at witten oval against the bulldogs and probably um if you tune into the podcast you've actually got a really good interview with burn is what they're calling him the new coach cam Benescone. and they had six different goal scorers so he talked a little bit about why so many, perhaps, and um, and and some of the differences in what uh, the Giants are going to look like this season. But um, but yeah, he gave all his girls a run, and um, it's just good to see them out there and um, starting to gel under his his style of play. I think is is something that Giants fans can get excited about. 
Yeah, great. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing um, how the Giants perform this year under a new coach. Liz and I spoke to Scott Gowans um, earlier in the week and he was talking about his game plan. Loz, do you want to jump in and just give a quick yeah. summary of what uh, Scott was saying? Absolutely. You never uh, have to ask me twice if I want to have a chat. So, look, it was a really good chat we had with Scott. Um, and, and one of the key things he spoke about was was playing a, attacking footy. Um, and and so, you know, that got us on to speaking about, well, how they, they did use the corridor quite a bit, particularly early on. And it's, you know, going for the wins. And, yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, he and, you know, we mentioned this in the interview with him, but he talks about, you take those chances that, okay, there are going to be times where maybe you'll make some mistakes and you might have some losses, but you've got to go for the wins. You've got to learn to attack. So I think for Swans fans or fans of any club, to hear your coach talking about attacking footy and going for the wins um, is, I think, a really positive thing. Um, I think sometimes when we see, or in the past we've seen expansion teams in particular, they come in and they probably have quite defensive uh, game plans because I guess they're, they're, you know, um, almost put on the back foot straight away. That They're in that negative mindset of, oh, against these experienced sides, it might be a bit tough, so let's just stem the flow instead of going, you know what, let's cop a big loss, but we might also get some wins in there. So I think they're going to have an attacking game style, which will be really good. Um, yeah, and he, the thing he said, which I think we were both most impressed, was the teams bonded quite well off the field. And um, I think that's a key thing because if you bond well off the field, that's going to flow through. And I'm sure you'd comment the same key with the teams you've coached. If you're getting well, if you're getting along well off the field, that flows through the communication and connection you have on the field. So, um, look, really positive from there. And and the other thing I think you commented on as well, Fee, was that how they're building their list. Um, he said it was a bit different to, to how they built with the Kangaroos. And with the Kangaroo, they kind of um, tried to recruit the best players from, from the other teams, whereas from the Swans, they're trying to, I guess, build from the ground up and, I guess, build for that that long-term success. So, um, but, yeah, it's very, very impressive, uh, very impressive guy to have a chat with. Important hard-hitting questions now. Have they been surfing? Have they got a favourite beach? And have they found a favourite cafe yet? Because we've got to set um, set the record straight that we do actually have good coffee up here in Sydney. It, no, it is a thing. Absolutely. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, it's, it's a very important question and it's, um, it's why I'm on this interview because of the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'm joking, Pete. Um, so, no, the, um, they have – so Coogee seems to be the, the place of choice just because of its proximity to, to where they're living. Um, the cafe-wise, there's a couple that uh, – there was a zoo, which was at the EQ – um, that, that's good. And there's Met More and Morley in Rosebury that is a, a popular spot as well. Uh, I know they do go to the beach. Once Lisa Steen lives right on the beach and uh, very popular down there. My wife Jody makes a mean lasagna. So they've had a they've had them around here as well. So they've been piling in here, uh, eating lasagna and salad and things like that. So it's a um, I'm only I'm only about five minutes away from the uni myself. So it's it's been really good to uh, to be part of that. And I think that, again, that comes back down to that they can't go back to parents' place for, for dinner. So um, Sunday nights is is Scott and Jody's. Nice. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. 
Tell you what, lasagna and salad doesn't sound too bad, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, what, what time? Yeah, <laughs> what time should we be there? <laughs> Who looks to be pressuring Cora for uh, Giants Golden Boot this season? Um, it's, it is pretty crazy. She kicked all those 60% of our scores last year. Um, so I was very lucky to get Cora back, but essentially the game plan is to probably take away from individual, individual kicking goals. I would have really probably come up with a, with a game plan that has a bit more of a method to score. And it probably doesn't matter who gets on the, on the end of it. It's more of a collective, um, a collective collective outcome. So there'll obviously be some players like Georgia Garnett will play forward this year. So she's you know played back, but now she'll play forward. So I think she'll hit the scoreboard. You know, same with Hanine's being thrown around a little bit because she's probably a product of um, you know, her strength can be sometimes her weakness because she's so good at everything, you can be thrown around everywhere. So um I've sat down with Neens and we've kind of just doubled down on her forward craft. So she I think she'll be a really important avenue to go for us as well. Um and then probably the other part is you know um just our midfielders we've got a really strong midfield so we're going to encourage those players to you know hit the scoreboard this year so hopefully um yeah we don't have to just rely on Cora all the time but in the same at the same time you know we'd love for Cora still kick plenty (laughs) it was great and so you'll be able to hear all of that in the podcast in the fifth quarter so tune in for that hey while we're talking about new teams just to throw it in there what do you think of the list builds of the four expansion teams? I think the Hawks are going to be pretty exciting. Um, and I must admit, I put a lot of that down to who they've got as their coach and the fact that she's been their coach in VFLW for, correct me if I'm wrong, she had two seasons at the helm. Um, they've got a lot of experienced players in their side. I mean, Bet Goddard, she was the first premiership coach in the comp. So um, first happened. Yeah, that, think, that, that was a first. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, that, once. that was a first. That was a couple of firsts. So <laughs> first AFLW Premiership winning coach, the first female to do it. So look, I think um, I think they've built theirs pretty well. And I think if you look at all the expansion sides, Kiwi compared to say the first lot of expansion sides that probably did go out and target like North did the best of the best, um, and even the Tigers when they went and got you know Sabs, Katie Brennan. Monconti, I think the expansion sides are probably doing like the Swans. They're building for longer term success rather than necessarily going out and um, you know trying to win a premiership in their first season or two. Yeah, I'm excited to see um, Essendon. Actually, I think they've built a really. I'm really excited at the list they've built. I'm not a Bombers fan particularly. I'm just excited what they've. What they've done, um, partly because Netwood is um, a Darabin Falcon player, uh, did play a bit at Muggers, but she's also come and been my teammate when I played Masters for over 35 footy for Darabin. So um, we all love Woody, uh, but she's super experienced in the AFW circle. She was, you know, first employee at Geelong uh, or full time female employee. I should extend that. Uh, then she became the last season Western Bulldogs assistant coach, and now she's built this list, but she's got. Georgia D, G, Maddie Prisparkas, who are gun players from Carlton. She's got Bonnie Too Good across from um, Western Bulldogs. And then she's got a chunk of the Essendon VFLW team who won the premiership. So um, in my early season when I was at Collingwood a few years ago, our VFLW team that won the 2019 premiership, the chunk of them were the AFLW players that then went on and Collingwood got to finals that year. So I think... I think the VFLW becomes a really important platform 
to springing into the AFLW season. And I think that's what Bombers have um, sort of got to their advantage at the moment. Okay, so then finally, what has Port done? Apart from Erin Phillips, I don't actually know anything about Port. <laughs> They've got, is it LaCoya Lacoya and LaQuanta? LaQuanta. They've right. got well, they've, their, got, um, they've got two they've got two cockatoo Collins. Yeah. Um Motlock Cockatoo Motlock, isn't it? Cockatoo oh. Motlock Cockatoo. Apologies, girls. They've got the twins from Queensland. They are absolute gun players. Um Alvic Nitro team when they played against them. I remember looking down there going, Where'd she come from? Wait, where'd she wait, there's two of them. How do we stop these two? They are absolutely talented players. I think one of them's actually injured at the moment. But um, still with one on the field is going to be exciting. And, and I think that's that's what Loz has done. She's also another Falcon, so I'll cheer on another Darren Falcon coach. But she has got players from Queensland Academy to go down to right. Port Adelaide. And then she's got a couple of um, really good players from Adelaide Crows across. So, yeah, they're going to come and fighting. And when you say Loz, you mean Lauren Arnell. Sorry, yes, Lauren Arnell, Loz. Head yes. coach of Port Adelaide. Yes. Inaugural coach of Port yes. Adelaide. Exciting times. Okay, we need to move on. Who will reach the grand final? Loz. I think Melbourne will reach, reach the grand final. And uh, I think I think the Dockers might. I think the Dockers might just get in there. Ooh. Melbourne and Dockers. And who's going to win? I, do, I think Melbourne will. And uh, Daisy Pierce will retire on that note. Maybe not quite like a, a you know, a Shane Crawford. But uh, I think Melbourne will win and uh, Daisy will go out holding up the cup. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, look, I um, hate to steal your thunder but um, or play copycats, but I, I agree with that. I agree. Melbourne will make the grand final. I think Melbourne will win the grand final and I think that Daisy will probably retire. Who else will make the grand final with them? Um, Crows. Don't. You read my notes. <laughs> What do you have to well, say? I've written, down, I've written down Melbourne and Crows, oh. and I think Melbourne as well. But I think don't write off the Lions. I think the Lions are still going to come and fighting. So there you go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Who's going to be our best and fairest for season seven, Loz? Well, this is a bit tougher. Uh, yeah, I agree. Who I hope and who I think, probably two different things. Yeah. I would love to see Chloe Malloy be. Winner. Um, I think she's she's I reckon she's close to a breakout, but you know what? I reckon Jazzy Garner from the Ruse. Um, I think she might get there, but look out for Chloe Malloy. Oh, I like Kiwi. I like How about you? Um, well, I was thinking it could be Erin's last year, so she'll get out of fighting. Mm. But then Daisy, Daisy could throw a spanner in the works, and if mm. your team goes to the finals, you know, you pick up the points. So I'm gonna go. Daisy for the best and fairest. And uh, as an outsider, I, Montana Ham is going to rip up the game. She's going to get votes. Yeah. I know she's yet to play one AFLW game, but I've seen this kid. She's talented. Go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I've got to pick someone, haven't I? You do. Bonnie too good. Bonnie. She might go all right. She's just going to be... She's going to be too good. Too good. Totally too much. That's right. Okay, we need to move on. What moments do you predict that we will end up chatting about uh, at some stage? So some big standout. I'm going to start with something really negative. You ready? Uh-oh. I have a feeling that there are going to be some more 
terrible, terrible um, ACL injuries. Oh, fee. I know. Sorry, but it's true. We're already up to three. Yeah. Yeah, uh, terrible in the scratch matches. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about ACLs this year. Well, he we can't say. not. <laughs> we can't not talk. Thanks about for the it. heads up, um, Loz. Quickly, what do you think we're going to be talking about? I think we're going to be talking about Erin uh, Phillips winning the goal kicking. Ooh. Okay, golden boot. Right, golden boot. All right. Um, I'm going to. I want to be talking about Henson Park being a lockout. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. At some point, it might be round three because they're at the SCG, but I want to, because in October, I think all four weekends in October, there are games at Henson Park. One home game is Swans and the other three are Giants. Don't ask me how that works, but in a city, uh, Sydney, and outside of Sydney, just get on board to women's footy Henson Park. But leave your dogs at home. Sorry. Yeah, no dogs. If you bring your dog, you won't be allowed A-A-W. in. And no eskies. So no, you can't bring your own eskies in. <laughs> just, just fans. <laughs> just, just bring just yourself fans. and your mates. That's, That's right. it. All right, let's uh, put in our tips for the big games for our Sydney teams. The Swans this weekend, they will be taking on the Saints. They're playing Saturday at 5.10pm at North Sydney Oval. Who's going to be there? We're going to be there. We are going to be there. So come and say hello if you're coming. If you're coming to that uh, match, very exciting. I'm going to go for this once. Loz, how, how about you? How much are you going to go at a at nine? A, nine swans by nine. I better yeah. check my tips and make sure I've said that. I can't remember now. Well, it's a good reminder. I have to do my my tips online. I'm <laughs> going to go. I'm going to be cheering for the Swans, but I think the Saints might get a win. Um, purely because I guess they are going to be a more experienced side. Uh, I think they'll win by 15 points. So a close one. Very close. Um, look, I, I watched the Saints in their practice game and they've got a couple of your experienced players. Erin McKinnon from Sydney is now the ruck for Saints. They've got um, Nicholas Stevens who came across from Carlton. So massive goal scorer there. Um, Fitzpatrick went well. They've just got some really good avenues to go. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I know the youngsters, Sophia Hurley, Montana Ham, I think Molly Eastman's going to have a good season. Um, Jenna Lawson Tavern, who uh, was a late recruit from Darabin, I think she's going to be solid this season in the back line. You've got uh, Brooke Lachlan, you've got Alicia Newman. Swans have got some good speed, some good interesting players, I think. Swans are just going to go out with all this nervous energy. I'm going to go Swans by six. Okay. And then on the Sunday, if you're in Melbourne, Bulldogs take on the Giants. 28, 12, 10 p.m. at Icon Park. Fee? Giants by two. Ooh, Ooh, doubling their margin from the practice game. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. And Loz? I'm going to go for the Giants. I think they'll win by three goals. Three goals? Three goals. Ooh. Massive margin. Um, oh, I think the Giants might. Uh, I'll go Bulldogs just to give you something to talk about next week. Um, Bulldogs by eight. A goal and a couple of misses. 
Okay, great. Sounds good. Do you want to tell us who's going to win the Collingwood game, Loz? I know you're busting too. <laughs> I think uh, we will, for the second time in a week, beat Carlton. Ooh. You know, I think I think everyone's going to tip that way. But Carlton's I tell you what, I think it'll be more than a point. So, but but another close one. Um, I think maybe uh, yeah, pro- probably I reckon twenty points. 20. 20 uh, actually, maybe that's no, a, did you just say close? close did you just say close? <laughs> Look, I'm a Collingwood supporter, all right? We don't always get things right. You know? Got it. Now 20's close. <laughs> I'm riding a high. Look, okay, maybe not close for AFLW. I think we'll, uh, yeah, 20-point win, prime time, under lights, back where we belong. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Now, isn't it interesting to see where, where those two teams now sit? As opposed to where they were at the start of the inaugural season, what a what a tipsy turvy topsy turvy. It was, it was season two that Carlton made the grand final, right? In in Adelaide, and they yeah copped a bit of a flogging. Uh, no, season three. Season, season, oh, season three. Yeah, season three. Season three. Um, no, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Bulldogs won season two at Icon. Yeah, that yeah. was a rainy game. Um, look, I think the pies are going to walk over them. Sorry, Carlton fans. I know there's a lot of friends of mine. I hope you're still <laughs> friends. But I think the pies are going to win by about 35. Yeah. You're uh, my favourite co-host for that, Kiwi. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> so, all right. Hold your pies fans are easy. We've, we're coming towards the end of our first show for Season 7. Uh, last words, um, Loz, anything else to add or, or comment on? I'm just glad that AFLW is back and to have all 18 clubs represented um, is, is pretty moment, momentous. So just can't wait. Great. Kiwi. Look, I'm pretty much the same. 18 teams is just so exciting. And, you know, every state has now got two to barrack for. It's either them or the other mob. And if you're in Victoria, well, it's every side of the river and that side of Bell Street or that side of... Swanson Street, I guess it's just <laughs> um, 18 teams, but Swans. If you're in Sydney, if you're a fan of football, if you play football, if you want to know more about football, it doesn't matter. Get along to North Sydney Oval on Saturday. Let's show the rest of the world that we are stoked football is here in town. Wow, Kiwi. I'm going to take this opportunity for my last word to say thank you to everyone who has sent through lovely words of support to me. It has been a very rough ride and, in fact, the last couple of weeks have been very difficult for me, but I have finished the last of my treatment at this stage. But words of support from around the country and, indeed, around the world. Brief cheerio to you, Donny Hess. And my absolute heartfelt thanks again to Peter Holden, the great man, uh, without whom this uh, podcast would not have uh, continued. Pete. Big cheerio to you. And, uh, look, you're very welcome to come and join us again if you want to, Pete. <laughs> we'll never say no to you. But uh, he he really did um, go out of his way and gave a lot of time and love to us all. Uh, so thanks, everybody. I'm really excited to be back from us all here at um, 2SER, Coat Hanger. Thanks very much for joining us again. And tune in to the Coat Hanger. <laughs> I've forgotten how to sign off. <laughs> We didn't tell Lawrence how to sign off. I haven't got it written in front of me either. Where is it?
we will do for the best for oh. the best hub of using women's footy tune in to the coat hanger i forgot that bit yeah <laughs> a bit rusty we're gonna get better yeah that's right we didn't have a pre-season so it's okay <laughs> Exactly. He's been at the Giants since 2020, firstly as head coach of Giants Academy, then coaching in both the male and female NAB League programs, head coach of the male allies in 2022 and New South Wales ACT Rams, and now newly appointed head coach of Giants AFLW team. Welcome to the show, Cam Bernasconi. Great. Thanks for having me. Nice little intro as well. <laughs> Now, um, Alan McConnell, not not only Giants first ever employee, but much loved AFLW coach, stepped aside after season six of the competition. How has it been taken over from someone who's had such a huge impact at the club? Oh, it's um yeah, Al's done an amazing job uh, from day dot being the first ever employee, and Al was actually my first coach um, at team GWS in the TAC Cup um, all those years ago. So I've known Al for a while and, yeah, I just, yeah, he's someone that I've looked up to and, he, you know, he's probably mentored me a little bit along the way as well. So, um, yeah, big shoes to fill um, taking over from Al. But, you know, what he's done is he's just done an incredible job taking the program forward. And, you know, from I was involved year one um, in season one as an assistant coach and then to come back in now, the program's just evolved so much and come along such a long way. And it's a credit to Al, but also all the um, support staff and everyone that's been involved so far. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's an opportunity that I'm really excited to um, take with both hands. Excellent. What do, you, what do you see as your signature style of difference to Al that we may get to notice on the field this season? Uh, probably a difference is just... Um, you know, obviously, I'm a lot fresher in my coaching pathway. I was done so long being involved um, in the system for so long. But, you know, I'm just out of the game recently as a player. So probably what you'll probably find is I've got lots of empathy for players because I understand how hard it is to play the game. And, you know, sometimes when you're sitting behind a, a Mac and coding um, as a coach, it's a lot easier out there than playing the game itself. So I think what I'm really big on is just having high empathy for the players and just creating a really positive learning environment so the players love to you know come to come to work to during the week and just love it and then really enjoy playing on the weekend so yeah probably that high empathy and also i'm a very um strength-based coach i like to coach players what they can do um rather than what they can't do it's probably my big probably spin at the moment excellent so if we talk about kicking goals um it's sort of been a challenge for the giants over the last few seasons but this year particularly I think in the practice games or the scratch matches, you've had, I think, 10 goals, seven goals, and then eight goals in the practice match against Bulldogs. Now, we've all bared witness to um, Cora Staunton, the um, unstoppable Irish lass who um, kicked almost half of the team's tally last season. Who looks yeah. to be pressuring Cora for uh, Giants' golden boot this season? Um, it's, it is pretty crazy. She kicked all those 60% of our scores last year. Um, so I was very lucky to get Cora back, but essentially the game plan is to probably take away from individual, individual kicking goals. I have really probably come up with a, with a game plan that has a bit more of a method to score and it probably doesn't matter who gets on the, on the end of it. It's more of a collective, um, 
a collective collective outcome. So there'll obviously be some players like Georgia Garnett will play forward this year. So she's you know played back. So now she'll play forward. So I think she'll hit the scoreboard. You know, same with Hanine's being thrown around a little bit because she's probably a product of um, you know her strength can be sometimes her weakness because she's so good at everything. You can be thrown around everywhere. So um, I've sat down with Neens and we've kind of just doubled down on her forward craft. So she, I think she'll be a really important avenue to go for us as well. Um, and then probably the other part is, you know, um, just our midfielders. We've got a really strong midfield, so we're going to encourage those players to, you know, hit the scoreboard this year. So hopefully, um, yeah, we don't have to just rely on Cora all the time, but in the same at the same time, you know, we'd love for Cora to still kick plenty. <laughs> Well, it looks like you're um, achieving that. You had six different goal scorers against the Bulldogs, so um, certainly they're they're setting up fine. Um, now you talk about your midfield. Probably um, the biggest thing, I guess, changing at Giants was losing all the ruck stocks that were there. So you've got two young um, girls this season, Fleur Davies and Cambridge McCormick. How do you think they're going to go against some of the more experienced and maybe more mature bodies or harder bodies? Yeah, it's a really good point. You know, like Fleur's obviously um, an 18-year-old kid that we've just drafted and, you know, Cambridge is 23. So going to have young, young rucks, but I think, you know, they're, they're incredibly coachable. So even their short time at the club, they've improved so much. So they'll have some really, um, you know, they'll have some big learning opportunities this year playing against some rucks that are more experienced than them. But I think their ability to um, you know, know what they need to work on, but also, you know, we've drafted them because they've got some serious AFLW traits. So if they can bring that as well. So I think they'll be fine. I think, you know, we'll just continue to invest in them. But the way they've been training and the way they've stacked up in these first couple of games, um, yeah, I, we're really looking forward to seeing how they're going, to see how they'll go. Yeah, excellent. And, and Cambridge, um, I think she was a train on in season one with the um, Brisbane Lions too. So she's probably got a little mm. bit of extra um, knowledge about them, but just um, already knows what to expect perhaps as well. So it yeah. um, should, be, should be exciting with those girls. Yeah, definitely. Especially just that resilience as well of, you know, trying different avenues to get on the list. So, you know, you find those players that work really hard to get on the list, tend to work even harder to stay on the list as well. Yeah. Now, the practice match, you got over the Western Bulldogs by a point um, with all our multiple goal scorers. Now, we got a new style of play. How did you sum up the hit out down at Wooden Oval? Uh, I think it was a really good hit out because we we played our brand for um, most of the game. I probably early on started a little bit slow, but then I think what was really pleasing is that we we probably trusted the process, um, which probably you know it takes some teams years to buy into a new game plan. Um, where we kind of bought into it pretty quickly, and then we turned it around and ended up winning the game. So I think that was really positive just around trusting the way we want to move the ball. And essentially it's just being a bit more fearless with the footy is that we want to take more risks, you know, to score more goals, you probably got to give up a few little things at times, but I think the girls are really bought into making sure that when we get the footy, we enjoy trying to score. And then equally when the ball is, um, you know, when they have the footy, we fight really hard to get it back as fast as we can. And you've got Bulldogs in round one. Anything you're going to change up before you uh, see them for points? Uh, yep, yep, yep. There's always a few little things that you um, yeah, you won't show all your cards in a practice game. So, um, yeah, we've got a few things that we'll um, certainly be training over the next few weeks to make sure it's um, a little bit of a different look for them round one for sure, yeah. Excellent. Now, um, any standout players that you've noticed through the preseason that the Giants fans will um, be jumping out of their seats cheering them on? 
Uh, yeah, there's been plenty. Uh, I'll probably miss a couple here, but you know, I think you know your your third year players in like Emily Pease and Tani Evans have just come on so much as well. So coming to their third year now, they're very important players for us, and they've you know they've been quite lucky having a good run at all. Um, you know, Pease missed on the weekend with COVID, but um, outside of that, you know, they've had a great preseason. So you know, I think those two girls will be really important players for us, along with. You know, the players that have come onto the list, you know, Jody Hicks returning, I think is going to add a new element for us down back. Um, obviously spoken about Cambridge and then just the the pathway players in the Tassie girls in, you know, Bras and Dale and Gaffney, you know, I think they've improved so much so quickly as well to come into the list. And then, um, you know, Goldsworthy and and Davies and Cattle as well. So we've, um, yeah, we've, we've done a really good job in recruiting, but yeah, I think it's probably those, you know, third, fourth year players who have really matured now will, um, will be important for us. Yeah, we're probably not going to be calling Elise Parker young anymore, are we? She's kind of a few years yeah. in, in part of the leadership group and really one of your standout players, isn't she? Yeah, Parker's... Um... Yeah, she's an unbelievable player. And I think we forget how young she is and what she's already achieved. Sometimes in football, we, you know, you can go a bit tall poppy and sometimes look to bring, not not bring down players, but not celebrate your, your good players because it's expected. But that's something that coming into this program, like I, I love that we've got a superstar on our list. Um, and, you know, I'm so grateful that Elise is in our side and she's only 21 and on three best and fairest. And, you know, she's not slowing down at all. I'm really, really looking forward to working with Elise and making sure that she's already a, a star of the comp is, you know, can we make her even better? And she's really eager to learn as well. So, you know, we're pretty lucky to have, you know, a player like Elise Parker and then even, you know, your Leisha Evers, your Chloe Dalton's, you know, obviously Cora Storms. We've got some seriously, you know, Rebecca Beast and some seriously good talent on our list that we um, just need to get the best out of. Yeah, well, it looks like uh, you are setting up for a very solid season after after what the preseason's showing. Now, Giants no longer are the one team in Sydney Town. There's uh, the other mob on the other side of the bridge. Um, later this season, you you guys end up travelling to their side of town for a home game at Henson Park. Hey, how do you see the rivalry building um, in the female sort of sphere in Sydney? Oh, it's going to be awesome. I've said this a few times to people that um, – just adding in another team in New South Wales is just going to grow the game so much faster. So there's more opportunity for girls, you know, in state to play at the highest level, you know, more opportunities for coaches to get exposed and develop at the highest level as well. Um, and then probably most importantly is, you know, enjoying the rivalry. I know in the male space, the boys always get up when they play the Swans and, you know, good teams and good players relish the challenge of um, big games. So we're really looking forward to creating a, you know, a fierce rivalry with um with the Swans. And yeah, we're really looking forward to round three to um stake our claim for, for it all. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it should be a good match. There's a couple of former giants on, on the other side of town now. So um should mm. be sitting up for a great showdown. Well we wish you all the best, Cam, and um, you know, looking forward to seeing the the new look giants and the new style and um, multiple scorers uh, for season seven. All the uh, best. Awesome. I hope so. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. He was inaugural head coach of the Dandenong Stingrays in the 2015-16 season, Vic Country Youth Girls coach in 2016-17, part of the Carlton coaching panel in the inaugural season of AFLW, inaugural coach of North Melbourne when they came into the competition, and now inaugural coach of the Sydney Swans. Welcome to the show, Scott Gowans. Thank you very much, Fee. 
Um, now, first happened once is a Sydney is Sydney's tagline, and you've been part of a fair few firsts. What makes this one different? I think uh, a number of things. Um, a couple that come to mind. The first one that really comes to mind is that it's a an, uh, a list build or a program build in a non-traditional footy state, and that whole has a whole host of issues um, with it that need to be overcome, such as um, staffing expertise to um, playing um, expertise as well, um, but also other things like um, access to ovals, to equipment. Um, everything, whether you like it or not, is based in Victoria and it, um, you know, South Australia is probably not too not far behind and then you've got WA not far, far behind that and you've got Queensland and then you've got New South Wales. So it's it's very much a, um, a complete build, um, whereas the North Melbourne one, I, I, looking back at that, um, the more recent one was done, but there was so much support. The Melbourne Uni arm was there. There was there was mechanisms and people and processes of of almost to pick them up and shape them the way I wanted it. But this is really uh, Kate Barney, who's the EGM of and my boss, um, and you know we've we've spent countless hours, but it's it's really just a blank sheet of paper at the start, and uh, here's ten weeks and go build the program. Right. <laughs> cool. So sort of following on from, from part of what you were saying there, you've been part of two, AF, two AFLW expansion sides. What are some of the similarities and differences in each experience? I think the um, the similarities are that it's, at the end of the day, it's a football program. So you, you need you need to have people that are passionate about football. Um, so that's probably the, the similarities. And then the the... The, the big difference here, as I said before, is just the expertise. Um, I, I reckon the the other thing when I reflect back to North Melbourne was that North Melbourne are, are connected to Tasmania. So there was a portion of, particularly in that inaugural year, where the Tasmanian crew, there was eight of them that lived in Tasmania. So that had, a, that had its challenges as well from a list build point of view, um, which has since changed, whereas the players now have to live in Victoria to play for North Melbourne, if even if they are from Tasmania. But that year one at North, was it had its challenges as well. But um, I think the, the similarities are also around that you, you, your goals are always the same. You want to win a premiership. It's it's probably just a different time frame. The North Melbourne, uh, the list build rules back then allowed us to go and get the best talent we possibly could. Um, and put together a pretty good side to have a really good crack at it from year one. Whereas this is a this build at Sydney Swans is more of a um, a process where it's going to take us a few years to build to that. Um, hopefully we do get success before that, but we're we're well aware that it's um, it's going to be hard. Just off the back of that, Scott, and you mentioned that obviously premierships are, is the ultimate success. Aside from premierships and wins in general. What are some of those things that might count as a success in the Swans inaugural season? Yeah, I think already, Lauren, we've we've focused on training. So I think the enjoyment of coaching, if you just place it on wins and losses, you, you're going to be disappointed roughly 50% of the time, hopefully in most coaches' cases. So I've, um, I've deliberately focused on training and uh, got the little wins, such as we started with, um, with our team defence and then there was... Yeah, the first cut two weeks, you know, you're thinking, God, have I have I bitten off more than I can chew? And um, 
you know, the concepts of team defence is exactly that. It's the whole team, not just the back five that are playing on the field. So it's it really took a while to get it going. But once you see it grow, you go, wow, how good's that? And then we moved into ball movement. And, you know, again, there's a everyone knows that I like to attack a game of football. So um, at the start, the ball's going left, right, everywhere, any way that it should or shouldn't. Um, but once it starts going the way that you want it to and you're looking at it, um, and you pull away the cones and put defenders up against them and you st- see them being able to pierce that. You, you know, it took four weeks, but they're the little wins that I think you need to celebrate along the way of the program. And we've probably got a, a list of about eight or nine of those left to go. Um, some of them we might not hit this season, but they're all to do with some are on-field in matches and others are at training. And it's all building for the ultimate success. And I think the, the way that... Um, I did it as a coach as I sort of built backwards. So I thought, well, if we're going to win the premiership, what do we need? Um, you know, key ruck, obviously work back from there. How do we, how does it look? How does it feel? And then work the program backwards. And, um, you know, when you do that and then you find out you've got 10 weeks to train it, you, you realize it's probably stupid to come into the media and say that, look, we think we can make finals and win it um, because you sound ridiculous the the work that it takes to build to that stage um with the list real rule um the list rules to build the list now is very different and it's much tougher but it's not too dissimilar to what we did at north it's just that we've got to do it over a longer period yeah and obviously that experience will help and and just a side note i was actually out at the practice game on on saturday and um and i said to fee and and kiwi that for a new side, I thought, particularly in the first half, I thought it was great that the the players weren't afraid to move the ball in the corridor and play that attacking footy. Oh, um, yeah. You know that they weren't going around the side all the time. They were they'll give you things a go. So it, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they did that quite quite well in the first half. And it's just nice to see them have a go. So um, yeah, yeah, attacking that's... attacking footy is nice. Sometimes you've got yeah. to depend, but yeah, hundred percent. And I think to you. If you if you go the other way and teach, um, and some of the expansion sides have done this way, they've taught not only team defence but stoppage after stoppage and bring the game close so that they might gain momentum in the last quarter and be able to just get over the line. But if if looking at that, and I did look it through each of the expansion sides, including North, and the way that people, um, the way the players trained and played when when you put it all together. It meant there were a lot of a lot of mental fatigue with the playing groups, and if you if you look at all the commentary and even the coaching, some of the coach interviews towards the end of some of those expansion years of the clubs, the coaches have had it. And it's because the constant battle of teaching that way, and it's a very dour way to teach. Yeah, it's 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 a negative mindset. Yeah, it really is. attacking. Yeah, it's, I'd, I'd it's, much it's rather get positive. in a shootout. Yeah, I'd rather get in a shootout and if. The opposition kick nine, we're trying to kick ten. That that type of philosophy. Now we, if we play some of the you know the, the better sides, but they may get multiple momentums, and we might get a cop a bit of a beating here and there. But I just think it's a it's a quicker way, and it's a much more enjoyable way to teach footy. Um, Scott, how is the club supporting players who've moved interstate? And are there any of those um, permanent plans, or just for the AFLW pre-season and season? Yeah, it's a. Interesting one. We, by default, we um, not stumbled. I suppose we've done the work, but um, we've got 
17 of them living together at um, the University of New South Wales. And it's a great, um, a great partnership we've got with them. And uh, it's not just dorm accommodation, it's actually proper apartment accommodation. And um, the girls love it there. And what it has done, it's fast-tracked the connection. And because they're all similar in that they don't have, or most of them don't have, of that crew anyway, don't have family here, um, it almost like in a hybrid situation forces them to connect with each other because that's their support networks off the field. Um, and the bonding and... And I, I know this is a, this was another one of my key points was to to see how long it took. Um, and I don't want to diss North Melbourne, but I, I need to say this to give you the example. At North Melbourne with the Tasmanian girls, it took us a long time to get those girls to gel with the Victorian girls. Probably too long on reflection, which you know, fell back. I was part of that as well. But um, in this case, in week two, there was um, two of the girls that just didn't know each other prior to that two weeks before um, came because they live together. They came in and they were, um, uh, one was hanging, you know, a joke on the other one. And I thought, wow, how, how good's that? And then, then I realized when you look around the training session and the banter, it, it actually happened in multiple groups to people that never knew each other a few weeks before. So it, it really has, um, you know, if, Nothing else that that alone in year one is a win that they've gelled together. So that, that accommodation's there, and um, they will stay there post season as well if they choose to. Um, and uh, yeah, and move moving forward, that's uh, that's the way that we're going to, I suppose, from a list strategy point of view. Anyway, is um, is help our interstate athletes that come and play for the Swans. Yeah, that's yeah. great to hear because I do know that um, that has been an issue with um, certainly the uh, the first season for Giants players. Um, accommodation was was an issue, and I think the other thing that people don't really understand about Sydney is just how spread out it is. So you can you can say you're in Sydney, but that might mean you're an hour and a half away in traffic. In traffic, yeah. so the idea that um, they're in UNSW, which is just down the road from well, just down the road. From from Moore Park, certainly, um, uh, and they're seventeen together. That's fantastic. As um, it's great news, great to hear that. And um, yeah, the um, a gentle sledge is always a good sign too. So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. yes. If you, I think um, that that augurs well for the season ahead. That's it. If you're hanging it on your mates, you know the team bonding's work. Exactly. Right. Um, I guess looking away from players for the moment, who's part of your coaching panel and game day staff? Yeah, so we've got a um, a really good coaching panel, a um, mix of experiences. So I've got Bron Goldwyn, who's going to do our backs, who's Errol's mum, and uh, she's she's coached for a long time up in in New South Wales, and uh, she's a she's a lovely lady. And um, anyone that knows the Goldens knows they're they're full of life and uh, not scared to come forward and offer their opinion on things either, which is really good. So I've enjoyed working with Bron, and um, I think she's going to slot in very nicely. But Baker Deniman, who's um, a name that uh, the surname Darren Deniman, who's, who's done a lot for New South Wales footy, um, and Baker's been at GWS and helped out in the academies there in the women's program, and has stepped up to do the midfield this year. And uh, he's a good young coach and very good footy head, sees the game very well, um, and he'll be great to have in the box. And then doing the forward lines, Dean Rice, the Carlton St Kilda player, um, Carlton Premiership player that I um, I had at Dean at North Melbourne with me as well. Um, so Dean's flying up uh, every week. So he's, for instance, next week he's up for four days. 
Um, most weeks he's up for two sessions and gets the main session and one other IDP session in. Um, and he'll be at all the games as well. So that's sort of our, our mid forward back crew. And um, we've got some other, some development coaches around that that help out as well. Will Gould helps out from the men's program, um, which is really nice. So it's a, it's a great mix of, um, of experiences. And I'm really keen to, I wasn't, I was keen to not have it as a development program as such, um, because I think at that level, the, the, the athletes deserve the best we can possibly put together. Um, and I'm really confident that going forward, that'll be a great crew. Yeah, great. And so what's been the thing that surprised you the most since the team began training? Um, other than the, the, the connection has been a big surprise, a, a pleasant surprise. I think the look, reflecting back to the GWS scratch match and the Collingwood practice match, you do forget just how hard it is. Like it's such a hard game. It's so physical. Um, and you look at the the GWS and Collingwood girls, and they've you know, some of them have got six pre seasons worth of muscle into them, um, and we've had you know, eight weeks. <laughs> it's it's a big difference, and um, that's that's been a that was a, a good surprise to get before round one, which gives us two weeks. Not that we're going to fix them in two weeks, but what it does do, it allows you to um, get the girls to just sort of tip the toe in the water and feel what it's like under pressure and how you execute skills against an opposition that doesn't know what you're doing. Yeah, well, it's going to give them a taste of it before round one, isn't it? At least a little bit of preparation. Yeah, and I think Collingwood are probably one of the more physical sides in the competition as well. So uh, that was was really good to get the hit out against them. Um, And I think the the other surprise for me has probably been how quickly uh, the girls have picked the concepts up. And that's, that's a... That's a little bit on the coaching group as well. The coaching group have been sensational at, at you know, creating training plans with me and and helping out and executing them. And um, yeah, the last I would say the last four weeks, the 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 girls have just taken on so much information um, and been able to execute in bits and pieces of the games, but also at training. So I'm hoping at some stage in the early rounds that'll that'll become natural to them. Um, of course, we haven't had you know, ten thousand people screaming at them yet, but uh, that'll that'll happen Saturday week. Yeah, and that'll certainly be a an experience they'll never forget. Um, who's going to be the Swan Surprise Packet? You know, might might be unexpected. Maybe they're flying under the radar. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two. So I think everyone realizes Montana Ham, Cynthia Hamilton. Brooke Lockle and Lisa Steen, they're all going to be good players, okay? Um, but Paige Shepherd is is one that has come from Geelong VFLW and just when you look at her, um, everything she does, the way she prepares her, her GPS reports to um, match Sim to the games, like you, you don't notice her. She's very quiet. You don't notice Paige that much. But she does not put a foot wrong. And I think she's going to be a very good AFLW player. And um, the other one is probably Lauren Zagetti, who comes from the Hawthorne VFLW program. And I coached Lauren at Diamond Creek and um, Vic Metro actually had her when she was just a kid. But um, always had great footy nows, but never perhaps had the opportunity based on a couple of factors that she she would tell you. One was her athletic ability and things like that. But um, I just think she's... She's just primed herself to to hit AFLW and go bang. And 
I think those two probably stick out for me outside of the the ones that everyone's expecting to to sort of do well. Yeah, I'll certainly have to watch out for those names. Um, so, Scott, usually coaches have a style of footy their teams play, yet looking at the practice match, Swans are playing quite differently from the way North did. Is this due to personnel, fresh coaching ideas, or bringing in a New South Wales style to the game? A mix of everything. Um, the You could be a little bit bolder with the North Melbourne list because it probably batted down to number 20 on the list as far as, like, really good talent, um, experienced talent. And th- this is not the case. This is more of a team philosophy. So it's it's interesting to play out. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to make big, bold predictions about when we'll win a grand final, but it'll be interesting to see. And I'm from personal view, and I'm sharing this publicly, but it's a personal view. It'll be interesting to see in 10 years' time how many flags North win versus Sydney. And because they're, they're completely the opposite builds. And Sydney is a very much a all-in philosophy. Everyone needs to do certain roles on the list versus North was built from the top down. So the best player we could get, the second best, the third best, whereas this wasn't. We built from, the from if you like, 30 up. So we built the foundation first, which was the VFLW crew of nine players. It was the um, academy players. Then we knew we had the draft players. And then we tried to get the best talent we could from the AFLW. But, and we you know had a throw at the stumps, missed quite a few, landed with the ones we got with the nine, uh, the 11 AFLW players that we landed with. But the strategy wasn't to go out first and do the AFLW crew first. We built from the ground up. So I think that gives us a really good base and you speak to any sporting coach, they'll tell you that um, you're only as good as your last player on your list. So if that philosophy is true, and I'm about to test it over the next three to five years, um, I'm hoping that that sets us really well, whereas the North Melbourne model is definitely set up to um, be top-down build. And um, that's changing now, obviously, as, as they progress in their, in their years. Um, but it'll be fascinating 10 years' time to look back and see which one was more successful. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, yeah, proof will be in the pudding, as you said, in 10 years. But uh, I think building from the, the ground up does tend to be uh, better for longer-term success. But, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll come back in 10 years and talk about how many premierships the Swans have won. Yeah. Um, now, with the new rules um, in regards to Year 12 players only training once a week, what sort of impact has that had on the team? Um, and I guess linking in the likes of Montana Ham since she's still living in Melbourne. Yeah, well, we're lucky. Montana's our only one that's doing that. Um, our other draftees aren't. They're finished school. Sophia Hurley's finished and Cynthia Hamilton's finished. So um, we're lucky we only got the one. Um, and Mon's, the, the simple fact of the matter is school comes first with her. So she's um, she had a two-week block where she wasn't at the club at all because she had things on at school. Um, we've got a coach down in in Melbourne that's that's helping us out down there um, that Mon's known for a while. And we... I do um, Zoom meetings with her on vision reviews. So she played the first half against Collingwood. Um, and I got on Zoom with her last night and went through a review. So we do it that way, but it's very much set around the school timetable. She'll miss games um, as well based on exams and things like that. So it's um, yeah, it's just a it's a matter of giving her, I suppose, the the um, what's the word, the flexibility to to fit it in, but then 
not the flexibility that uh, any 18-year-old wants because I always pick football first, but the the flexibility of the programs that we make sure that school's prioritised and we do what's best for that first to get that done and then footy comes second uh, before flipping the other way, I suppose, in season two. Yeah, great. And so you were talking earlier, Scott, about how um, the Victorians have settled in or the, the group altogether has settled in at UNSW. And um, so important hard-hitting questions now. Have they been surfing? Have they got a favourite beach? And have they found a favourite cafe yet? Because we've got to set, um, set the record straight that we do actually have good coffee up here in Sydney. It, no, it is a thing. Absolutely. No, definitely. Um, it's, it's a very important question and it's, um, it's why I'm on this interview because of the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> I'm joking, um, So no, the um, they have so Coogee seems to be the the place of choice just because of its proximity to to where they're living. Um, the cafe wise, there's a couple that are, there's there was a zoo which was at the EQ. Um, that that's good, and there's met more and Morley in Rosebury that is a a popular spot as well. Um, and then what was the other one that you asked? The cafe and the. Oh, well, yeah, it was just a, have they been surfing? Oh, surfing. Do they have a favourite yeah, beach? So. Uh, I know they do go to the beach. Once Lisa Steen lives right on the beach and uh, very popular down there. My wife, Jodie, makes a mean lasagna. So they've had a, they've had them around here as well. So they've been piling in here, uh, eating lasagna and salad and things like that. So it's a, um, I'm only, I'm only about five minutes away from the uni myself. So it's, it's been really good to, uh, to be part of that. And I think that, again, that comes back down to that they can't go back to parents' place for for dinner. So um, Sunday nights is is Scott and Jody's. Nice. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Tell you what, lasagna and salad doesn't sound too bad, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, what, what time? Yeah, <laughs> what time should we be there? <laughs> that's right. Um, how much involvement will you have in the development of the Swans Academy players um, and do you see the interstate players staying to play in the AFL Sydney competition next season if the AFLW season stays in the time slot it is for, for this season? Yeah, there's a lot in that one. Um, so I think the easiest way to answer it, Lauren, is that the answer we don't know is, is the answer. Um, we've got a couple of choices. We've got an alignment opportunity with the VFLW um, as an option, which we're exploring. We've got the... The winter series, um, which could expand with the Gold Coast Suns, potentially Brisbane, um, GWS and SLs. There's a, there's a couple of options there. Um, ideally, because the, the two choices are this, the two choices are you can send them down for, to play at different teams or send them up or wherever they might be that played in separate teams and let them develop their individual football. Or you can play them in one team and play against opposition. So we're, we're going through through that at the moment. Um, and I don't know what the answer is, probably because we've been so focused on getting up to this AFLW season one. I'd, I'd like to think most of them will stay and we do something here because um, I think that's important, not just for them, but for the development of Sydney football, for the, the girls underneath it, which um, is forefront of my mind post-season. I had a bit of an initial chat with Alicia Eva um, and Canvas only about that from GWS. And I think um, we've got to put the guns in the holster. And if we're going to do anything in New South Wales for New South Wales footy, we've got to do it together. 
Um, so I'm very, very keen to do that post-season with them and see what that looks like. So potentially it could be a combined thing with them as well, if that if that's what it is. But uh, as far as the academy goes, Brooke Lachlan's, uh, who's playing with us, is, is also going to do some um, coaching in the academy. And uh, we, we've just gone through a bit of a restructure with the academy and um, it's, it's looking really promising for what we can offer. And then the next level of girls, the 16s that are coming through, at the moment, there's four or five very good footballers there. Um, so that's very exciting. And I think it's 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 a matter of not so much the ones that are in the academy, but I, I always think to myself, the ones that are outside it, so the 21 to 25-year-olds that for whatever reason just haven't had an opportunity that it might be playing well, wherever they're playing, Dubbo, could be Canberra, could be anywhere in New South Wales. But we need to make sure that, that we do some, um, and I know Cam's big on this too, that we up postseason that him and I get out into the country areas and um, do some clinics and things like that and put some stuff on to have a look what is out there first. That's the first thing. And then make sure that we've captured anyone and everyone that's interested in playing AFLW um, and then seeing what sort of programs we can establish that as well. So it's a it's a really big job with New South Wales footy. Um and that's just the playing side. Then there's the coaching side. So there's a um, there's lots of coaches out there, but a lot of them are the parents or the volunteers of clubs, and they they do a terrific job. It's bloody hard. But I'd love to to also do some sort of program with again with Cam from GWS and coach the coaches. You know, we've got Alicia Eve, who's going to be an amazing coach. Brooke Lachlan. So we've got we've we've got people there. So how do we share knowledge and fast track New South Wales so that in five to 10 years when we're that longer term view that I was talking about before with winning premierships, um, that we don't just get up there and win. That's why I said with the comparing it to North Melbourne, it's important that we don't just build one premiership. We want to build to a successful program for multiple premierships. So, but we need time. That's the, that's the key to, I, I hope that answers the question. Oh yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think the collaboration with the giants will be good. Um, Cam, having you know worked in AFL New South Wales for five or six years as head of coaching and talent ID, um, obviously he's got a really good understanding of, of that next level of footy down in the state. Yeah, absolutely. And same with through Baker Deniman as well. Mm. Um, Scott, how do you see the team settling into their own space um, while they're training across North Sydney, Henson Park and Moore Park? Yeah, so we, we train only at um, our ground at the beside the SCG, Tramway Oval or Lakeside Oval. Um, and we do do some um, match prep runs, we call them. We don't call them captain's runs in Sydney. We call them match prep runs on North Sydney and Henson. But um, the bulk of our training is done at our ground. And you know, we've got a brand new facility at RHI opening up um, at the end of this AFLW season, which will be amazing. It has an indoor field brand new facilities for the for the boys and the girls in the academy and um it's it's a 64 million dollar build and it's it's almost done it's an amazing facility and that'll have world-class facilities in it so I, I suspect that the 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 training and the standards and the um I suppose the, the support the girls will have to improve um because of course new facilities don't guarantee your success you've got to you've got to be able to have the expertise to use them and you've got to have the talent to be able to get the benefit from them. So yeah, it's a combination of things. Um, the, the, the home ground advantage is, is probably more from a coaching point of view, my one. Um, I think playing one game at North Sydney Oval 
um, two at Henson. And then we've got a home game against Hawthorne in Melbourne, which sounds funny, but I think it's uh, it's important to play a home game down there because we do have a quite a big base in, in Melbourne. Um, so that'll be a great opportunity at Punt Road uh, against Hawthorne. Um, but in not having an actual home ground, I think, is something that going forward we will have to look at. Um, I know Henson Park's been... Um, is about to go undergo a redevelopment, so it's a it's a great thing to to while we're growing to spread the game around and to play at different grounds, home grounds, and it gives opportunities for people from the north, people from the west at Henson, and, and it's just a it's just a, a good thing to do at the moment. But eventually, we we need to settle down and find out um, what's best for the, the Sydney Swans AFLW team. Uh, many are calling it the Battle of the Bridge in round three. <laughs> Obviously, we're calling it. Well, we know it as the Coat Hanger Cup, very sought after it is. Um, how will you approach that game? Do you think it'll be any different to others, given that it is the local derby and it's the first local derby? Well, now that you're presenting a cup, Lauren, I'll, I'll approach it a lot different. <laughs> oh, look, I'm I'm getting on to I've, – I've got some contacts in the trophy industry and we're actually going to have something – something there so there's, it's happy not just the glory there's a prize as well there's that. a lot there's a lot in this <laughs> <laughs> um so i think it's exciting and it's we of course we've got some gws players that have crossed to us um that are now sydney players and they're very much looking forward to to playing that game as well and i'm hoping that um in all honesty i'm hoping that we establish something that's just a great game of football and you know put aside the the physicality sort of stuff that the the male program probably thrive on a little bit um with the, we just want to beat GWS because they're our rivals but we also want to do it in the right way and we want to make sure it's a good game of footy um and hopefully vice versa next year if we go over to their home ground and it's played in a similar spirit so hard tough footy but um done respectfully that we're all uh all here in New South Wales together. So it's uh, everyone wants to beat your brother, your sister, your cousin, your best mate when you play against them. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's played in the right manner and I'm hoping we can get over the line and start something that is a, a really good sporting rivalry. Final question. Which player um, has told the worst joke so far? <laughs> Which player? Uh, has to be Cynthia Hamilton. Okay. She's a, she's, yeah, she's a very funny young woman, Cynthia, and uh, her dad, Kel, is, is clearly a, a very dry sense of humour, and I think Cynthia's picked that up and and runs with it, whereas Lexi's probably a couple of years older, and she's she, she just shakes her head at some of the stuff that comes out of Cynthia's mouth, and um, but yeah, Cynthia can tell a, tell a, a very quirky, good little, quick one-liner joke, yeah. Great. All right. Well, Scott Gowans, inaugural AFLW coach of the Sydney Swans, thank you for your time. No worries. Thanks, V. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Thank you. So we will encourage everyone to get down to North Sydney Oval on Saturday the 27th of August at 5.10pm when the Swans take on the Saints.